Welcome to Practical Christian Living. We have a confidence that we are born again when we receive Jesus as our Savior. He said, as many as receive me, I give them the power to become a child of God to those who believe in my name. The Bible tells us we are transformed. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. So if we have honestly and genuinely come to him and asked him to come into our lives, he will come in and he will transform you. When we decide to receive Jesus and live for him, he begins to change us. Not just here or there changes, but a total transformation. We begin walking in and living by the Spirit. These changes happen when we make a sincere decision to live for Christ. May we live each day with that confidence, knowing that we are children of the one true God. Stay with us as we dive back into Hebrews chapter 3. Here comes Robert Furrow. Sin hardens your heart. And if your heart is hard, then you're hardened against the things that God's asking you to do. So God gives you direction. He lets you know what He wants you to do in the Scriptures. And your heart's hard, and so you don't respond. The opposite of this is found in the book of 1 Samuel when Hannah brings Samuel to the temple and completes her vow that she would give Samuel to the Lord. And so Samuel is there with Eli, the, the priest, and in the middle of the night, Samuel hears his name called. And he gets up and he goes into Eli and says, yeah. And Eli says, I didn't call you. He says, go back to bed. Goes back to bed, hears his name called again. By the time this happens three times, he says to him, God's calling you. So the next time say, speak, your servant is listening. And the Hebrew word for listening is the word for listening, ready to obey. There's different Hebrew words. There's a word for just listening. You're just hearing it. There's also a word like you're giving me a command and I'm ready to obey. So when we say to God, speak to me, Lord, I'm listening. I'm ready to obey. Then I believe that God will speak to us. God will give us direction. You might say, well, it's been a long time since I've heard from God. It's been a long time since God spoke, has spoken anything to me. Is it possible that you don't have the heart? I'm just asking. You might not be. I'm just asking, is it possible that you have a heart where you haven't listened to God, you haven't obeyed God, and so God has stopped moving within your heart? There's another passage in the Old Testament that says, my people constantly put things in front of them that cause them to sin. He's talking about idols. My people constantly put things in front of them that cause them to sin. Should I allow myself to be heard by them at all? So God is asking us a question. If we are constantly putting things in front of our eyes that cause us to sin, if, we're, if, we're, if there's idolatry that's in our lives, should God allow himself for us to hear him at all? That's the deceitfulness of sin that brings about a hardened heart. We're told here what it is. And if we know that's what it is, then we can back our way out of it. If I tell you, you've got a hard heart, get rid of it, what do you do? What do I do? Okay, I'll give you five points. Five points to, to breaking up fallow ground in a hard heart. But if your heart is hard from the deceitfulness of sin, then you start there. You start by evaluating your life. You start there by evaluating the things that you're doing 
and whether or not you've been hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and your heart becomes tender towards God once again. In verse 14, it goes on, for we have become partakers of Christ if we hold from the beginning our confidence steadfast to the end. Now there's that statement again that he made a little bit earlier that I want to expound upon now. We are partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We have a confidence that we are born again when we receive Jesus as our Savior. He said, as many as receive me, I give them the power to become a child of God to those who believe in my name. The Bible tells us we are transformed. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away and everything becomes new. So if we have honestly and genuinely come to him and asked him to come into our lives, he will come in and he will transform you. And there will be the fruit, the evidence that you have made a change. If you're filled by the Spirit, you'll have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There will be those fruits in your life that you care about people and love people, and there are works that follow a decision, you, that, a decision that you make for Jesus. Not works that lead into salvation, but works that follow because you've made a genuine commitment to Christ. And so you can be confident. I've asked Jesus into my life. I have sincerely asked him to forgive me. I've sincerely invited him in. Jesus said, if you do that, I will come in. Then you can be confident that you're saved. You can be confident you're born again. Now, if you make it to the end, then you can be confident that you'll make it into heaven. That's what he's saying. He says, for we have become partakers of Christ, hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Now, when it comes to soteriology, and those who believe in the perseverance of the saints, which is by far the one point of Calvinism that most people agree with, the perseverance of the saints, that once you're saved, you will always be saved. There are one-point Calvinists. There are a lot of one-point Calvinists who believe that. Paul said, Philippians 1.6, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, until it's coming. And I think about that verse and it's an interesting verse. He says, I'm confident of this very thing. And then he says, and I, I'm justified in the confidence. If you go to verse seven, he says, I think I'm justified in this confidence of you. So he's not necessarily thus says the Lord. He's saying, I'm confident of you, Philippians, that he who has begun a good work in you is going to complete it. And I think I'm justified in that confidence. You can go and read the passage yourself and, and look it up. But those who are stolid, staunch, once saved, always saved, which I lean towards I lean that way. And I'll explain what I mean by I lean that way in a moment. But I lean that way. I think that who can take you out of the hands of God? Who can separate you from the love of God? He'll leave the 99. He'll go after the one. I, I think it's very hard for someone to walk away from Christ, to fall away from Christ, to drift away from Christ. I think Christ will come after you and will bring you back and bring you back and bring you back. So that someone who is 100% once saved, always saved. If you would genuinely have been saved, in the end, you're going to be there. You might have a hiccup in the middle, but in the end, you're going to be there. If not, then they're going to say that you were never really saved. They're going to say that you had never really had a genuine commitment to Christ. If you walk away and live in that, they're going to say you, you never had a commitment to Christ. To me, that challenges the confidence that we have in our salvation now. 
You might say, well, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, therefore I'll always be saved. But if you walk away, you've only proven that you weren't really saved. What does that say to you? And so what confidence do we have that we are genuinely saved? I think that it's possible for us to have our commitment to Christ shaken by such a statement. What happens if you're, you know, you continue to struggle with sin? What happens if you continue to give in to that sin? There are people that decide, well, I was never chosen. I wasn't really part of them. And they use a verse out of one of the books of John where he says, if they were not from us, I think it's 2 John, if they, weren't, if they were of us, they would have never have left us. And that, when you just put it in that, and you just use it in this context, it sounds right. It's like, okay, well, yeah, if they left us, it proves they weren't of us. But in context, he's talking about false teachers. There are false teachers that have come into their midst and have been accepted by them. And if the false teachers leave them, then they prove that they were never a part of them. That's what he's saying. It's not in the context of soteriology. It's in the context of false teachers and learning from them. So we're going to get to one of the warnings. In fact, we're going to get to a couple of the warnings here that will make us just rethink all of these things again. But if you are one that has made a commitment to Christ and now you've walked away from him, your heart has been hardened, you don't want to follow him, and you feel confident because you were once saved that you're always going to be saved, realize no one is saying that you're saved. The person who believes that if you don't stay close, you're not saved, is going to say you need to, be, you need to recommit. You don't need to be born again again, but you need to recommit because you're in dangerous ground. The person who believes that in the perseverance of the saints 100% is going to say you were never saved. So no one is going to say you're saved. This is why I call this the useless argument. The, the, the argument over once saved, always saved is the useless argument. It's no good. If you and I want to argue, if we're walking close to Christ and we want to argue it, great. Let's go to town. Then there's no, there's no question. You love God. I love God. You believe you can. I believe it's possible for you to do this extreme thing and walk away. I'll, I'll tell you what my view is in a moment. You, I believe it's possible. And we could argue about it all we want. And nothing is on the line. Because you love Jesus and I love Jesus and we're just close to him. You know, people will ask me, can I do this sin and still be saved? Over the years, I've had that question asked a few times. Can I do this and still be saved? But I've never had anybody ask me, if I'm really close to Jesus, am I still saved? Seems to me that's the best place to be. We're not wondering about it, being really close to Jesus. So I do believe that it is possible for someone to make a decision consciously to walk away from Christ. I believe that it is a, it's a terrifying decision. I also believe that if you cross that line, whatever that line is, that you won't be able to come back. And there's another passage we're going to get to in Hebrews that I'm going to tell you why I believe that, why I think that's the case. I think it's very hard to do because Jesus will come after you and come after you and come after you. And I have great confidence that the God who began is going to finish that work inside of you. But for the person who may rebel against God and stand in complete defiance against him, I would say you don't have any confidence that you are saved. And if you're using that as confidence, it's time to quit because there's nobody saying you're still saved. Not those who believe in determinism and not those who believe in free will. Nobody's saying that you're saved. I, I usually go to the extreme of someone who used to be a Christian, used to go to church, loved God, and very involved. Then they leave the church and they become a devil worshiper. 
which is, it's bizarre, I know, okay? But you bring it to that extreme case and you go, is that person just because they raised their hand, just because they were genuine, had a genuine desire to walk with God at one point, does that person now gonna make it into heaven? Nobody believes that. There will be no devil worshipers in heaven. There will only be people who are walking with Christ. And that's it. And so we walk with him and we maintain our confidence. You have confidence in your salvation when you're walking with him. And if you die today, you'll be in his presence because you are walking with him. That's where the Bible gives us our confidence. Those who endure to the end will be saved. And let's read verse, verse 14 again. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. The rebellion that he's talking about is when the children of Israel wouldn't go in the promised land. So today, if you hear God's voice, if God is speaking to you today, if the first warning maybe spoke to you, the dangers of drifting away and not to neglect such great a salvation. Remember that in chapter two? Now we get to chapter three. We get to the second one where it's don't have a hardened heart by the deceitfulness of sin so that you find yourself not believing in him and departing from the living God. Verse 12, beware, brethren, lest any among you be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So again, the warning is against departing from him. So you've got to ask, is your heart hardened? And if your heart is hardened, why is it hardened? <laughs> it's hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. So if this is speaking to you now, then, well, you can come back to him at right now. Even before I'm done, you can say, God, I'm sorry. I want to live for you. I want to surrender my life to you. You can begin once again to deal with that heart that you could have a tender and a soft heart towards God. Verse 16, it says, for whom having heard rebelled, going back to the children of Israel in the wilderness, for whom having heard rebelled, indeed, was it not all of those who came out of Egypt? They saw the strong and mighty hand of God delivering them out of Egypt. They experienced the plagues. This is that generation that rebelled, led by Moses. They are following Jesus Christ, but this group rebelled and were led by Moses. Now with whom was he angry? For 40 years, was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So there was unbelief sweeping through these Christians, these Jewish Christians. So he warns them using the Old Testament passage that they would turn from having a hardened heart, that there would not be found in them any, an unbelieving heart at all in departing from the living God. Now I realize how difficult these passages are if you are a five-point Calvinist. That you read these, you gotta say, you gotta say something about them. You gotta say, there are those who will say that this was written to Jews in the tribulation period who will not be part of the church. There are those who say that this was written to non-believers. And these warnings are to non-believers about believing in him. If it was written to non-believers, he could have said that. He could have so easily have said, those of you who haven't come to Christ, but all the way through this book, peppered through it, is words for those who belong to Jesus. And so you either say, I've heard this one too, that the warnings are there 
in order to fulfill the promise that you can't lose your salvation. So God gives you the warnings and these warnings are hitting people and they're coming back. So the warnings are stopping people from walking away. There's no one who can walk away, but God's using the warning. So they want to say, they don't, they're not bold enough to say God's not using these warnings and these warnings are there for no reason. So they say it's fulfilling God's purpose because you hear the warnings and you come back to Christ. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think you're reading way too much into the passage. However, if that floats your boat, <laughs> then fine. Then it's there for you to listen to for God to bring you back. It says don't neglect it. Therefore, don't harden your heart as in the day of the rebellion. If God's using this to bring you back, then let it do its work. If you go, well, that sounds good to me. I, I, I think that's probably the case. Well, then great, come back. So that's what it's there for then. It's there to bring you back. And if not, that we would all evaluate where we are and make sure that we are not neglecting a great salvation. And make sure that there's not a heart of unbelief that would harden our heart and bring us to depart from the living God. Stand with me, would you, and let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for this, uh, this chapter in the book of Hebrews. It's hard to hear. It's hard to suss through all of this stuff because of what some people believe about irresistible grace and limited atonement and the perseverance of the saints. But Lord, we want to be biblical in our thinking. We don't want to, we don't want to be tagged with names or the, the carnality of saying that we're a Calvinist or we're an Arminianist or we're even Calvary Chapel. Lord, we just want to know what the Word of God says. That's where you, Christ, are the one that we trust in completely and totally. We pray that we would hang on wholeheartedly to you. And we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like you to keep your heads bowed, please, and your eyes closed for just a couple of minutes. And I want to give you an opportunity if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ to give your life to Him. But I also want to give another opportunity to you today as well. And that is, I'm going to ask that if you need to come back to Christ, if you have drifted away, if there has grown in you a heart of unbelief, a deceitfulness of sin that has caused your heart to be hardened, that today, if you hear God's voice, you wouldn't harden your heart against Him, that you would receive Him. So I'm going to do that in two steps. First of all, if you're here today and you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, I, I told you soteriology, you know, how we get saved. We get saved by believing in Him, by trusting in Him, by receiving Him as our Savior, and then our lives are transformed. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Him, then I'm going to ask you to do something simple. Just raise your hand. Lift your hand up now. Lift it up high so I can see it. I want to take time to acknowledge your hand and then to pray for you. God bless you. That's great. And God bless you. That's great as well from the balcony. All right, now I'm going to ask everybody just to he heads bowed, eyes closed, out of respect for the people around you who would make a decision now. You want to come back to Christ. You've had the deceitfulness of sin, the hardness of the heart, the drifting away, neglecting such a great salvation. And you're here tonight, not by accident. You want to give your life once again to Christ. Just a recommitment to Him. Just raise your hand now. Lift up high so I can see it. You're saying to him, I want to recommit my life to him. I bless you guys. All right. Just raise your hand before him. He sees your hand. He knows. If you're watching online, if you're listening on Reach Radio, you can make a commitment to Christ or you can make a recommitment to him by simply praying this prayer 
and applying whatever you need in your life. So I would like everyone, including those who raised their hands, to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I've sinned and I know my sin separates me from you. I also understand that I can be forgiven by the death of Jesus on the cross. So I invite you into my life and I turn from my sin that I can live for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Or, or welcome back if that's the case. If you've made a recommitment to Christ today, welcome back. I believe that God will do a work inside of your life as well. If you have committed your life to Christ or you've been gone for a long time and you're coming back, you kind of need to restart things here now, then we have a new believers table. It's over on the wall. Want to give you a Bible, a new believers packet. The package just helps you to know what do I do now? I've made a commitment to Christ. What do I do now? You can also send us an email to saved at calvarytucson.com. That's how you online or on uh, listening on the radio could respond to this. Send us an email, saved at calvarytucson.com. We'd love to hear your story about what God's done in your life. We'll have people who will respond to that email. One more thing, you can also send ready for Jesus. You can text that to 94,000. That's ready for Jesus to 94,000. You'll get back a link, click on that link, and it's a new believer's card. It'll be given to our new believers team and they'll be getting in touch with you. We'll get you all the things that we can do. It's just your next step that you are making to be able to make sure that you get that good, solid start with the Lord. Now, you can do that online. And if you're listening on the radio as well, ready for Jesus to 94,000, fill out the new believers card. All right, let me pray for you. Bible says, let men, let men lift up holy hands and pray. I'm gonna ask you to lift up your hands before God, men and women, and I wanna pray for you. And if you know someone who needs prayer right now, would you pray for them? Because your prayers are powerful as well. Father, I wanna pray for all of those that are here in this room, all of those listening on the radio, all of those watching online. And Lord, I pray first of all for a touch, for physical healing. You are a God who heals, and you've said that we would pray for the sick and they would recover. And so Lord, we, we pray that you, there would be those who would receive this now. Lord, I also pray for those who are struggling now, who are struggling with their faith, just having a hard time walking with you in the midst of this world and the condition the world is in now. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower them, strengthen them now in their faith. I also pray for those that made commitments tonight to come back to you, that you would let it be a work of your spirit, bringing them back in, and doing the work within them. I also pray for those that are struggling now with just some difficulty, some dark time in their lives. Lord, you are with the brokenhearted. You're close to them. I pray you'd minister to them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. May you stay close to Christ. I know there are people who are going to say from this study and others that we do in Hebrews that I'm stealing people's confidence of salvation. I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I want you to have solid confidence that you have genuinely committed your life to Christ and make it through to the end. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living with Robert Furrow. We hope that our verse-by-verse -verse studies truly help you to see that God is real. He wants a personal relationship with you, and His Word is life-changing. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. 
For our local listeners, we invite you to join us at one of our two campuses. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or do you have questions about salvation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com and don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson or Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living TV Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. on KGUN 9. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to dig deeper in your walk with God? Then you are a great fit for REACH College with enrollment opportunities. To attend as a student or an auditor, the courses challenge you to analyze your way of thinking as you grow in your walk with Jesus. Find out more at thereachcollege.org. That is thereachcollege.org.